Imagine you have a factory that has been producing toys for years. It gets its annual audit and you figure out that the machines making tennis balls suddenly make only half of what they used to make and the balls are bigger with polka dots. You analyze the balls and check the machines. It's unfortunately what you had been fearing all along. It's myelodysplastic syndrome. MDS, a disease of the bone marrow that is often first suspected when a patient presents with some type of cytopenia, such as anemia, thrombocytopenia, or leukopenia. Today, our patient has myelodysplastic syndrome, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast made by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is entitled Broken Factory, an approach to myelodysplastic syndrome. Now for our minute physiology. Hematopoietic stem cells produce myeloid and lymphoid progenitors. In MDS, the myeloid lineage is affected, sparing the lymphoid lineage. Lymphocyte production is therefore preserved, while the production of myeloid progenitors, which includes red blood cells, platelets, and granulocytes, such as neutrophils, is affected. Of note, the bone marrow is often hypercellular. Myelodysplastic syndrome is a bone marrow disorder that presents with dysplastic cells with variable degrees of cytopenia and the potential for transformation to acute myeloid leukemia. It is a disease of older adults with a median age at diagnosis of 70 years and is slightly more common in males. MDS arises from a mutation in the hematopoietic stem cells that may be secondary to radiotherapy, chemotherapy, and certain genetic conditions. Alright, now on to our history and physical. On history, you want to ask about typical signs and symptoms that are related to the deficient cell line. Anemia might present with fatigue, chest pain, dyspnea, or presyncope. Neutropenia might present with recurrent infections. Thrombocytopenia can cause easy bruising and bleeding. You should obtain a thorough occupational history with a focus on exposure to toxic chemicals. It is also important to inquire about prior chemotherapy or radiotherapy treatments. On exam, you can look for pallor, signs of infections, bruises, and petechiae. Lymphadenopathy and hepatosplenomegaly are generally not present. It is important to note that some patients are asymptomatic at presentation. Instead, MDS is first suspected when a patient's workup for a potentially non-related condition demonstrates an abnormal CBC with variable degrees of cytopenia. From a general internal medicine perspective, the most common presentation is an isolated macrocytic anemia. As part of your workup, it is important to always get a blood smear. A patient with MDS might have dysplastic erythrocytes and granulocytes, however platelets generally have a normal morphology. When evaluating a patient with cytopenias, it is important to initially keep a broad differential and assess for imminently life-threatening conditions. For example, a destructive process should be ruled out by sending hemolytic markers such as bilirubin, haptoglobin, and LDH. When assessing for causes of cytopenia and dysplasia other than MDS, you should look at the patient's current medications, specifically inquiring about chemotherapy or immunosuppressive agents. It is also important to test for viral infections such as HIV, HBV, and HCV, as well as nutritional deficiencies such as B12 and iron. Of note, critically ill patients often have cytopenias and can have dysplastic changes. Ultimately, a bone marrow aspirate and biopsy is required to make a diagnosis of MDS.
So, how do you make a diagnosis of MDS? First, you must have evidence of cytopenia, either affecting one cell line or more. Second, you must have more than 10% of dysplastic cells counted in at least one lineage. Third, the bone marrow and the blood smear must have less than 20% blasts, as greater than 20% blasts represents acute leukemia. Fourth, you must have characteristic MDS cytogenetic abnormalities. And fifth, there should not be an alternative cause for the dysplasia. Once the diagnosis of MDS is made, you can use the WHO classification to determine the subtype of MDS and the revised International Prognostic Scoring System to predict survival and transformation to AML. It's important to keep in mind that most patients die of bone marrow failure rather than progression to AML. Okay, let's talk about treatment. Treatment depends on various factors, including the severity of the disease based on the revised International Prognostic Scoring System, the age, the performance status, and the cytogenetic profile. Allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation offers the only hope for cure. Patients are often not candidates given age and comorbidities. Some patients are only given supportive care, such as blood cell transfusions for symptomatic anemia and platelet transfusions for bleeding in the context of thrombocytopenia. Others also receive MDS-directed therapy. An important agent to be aware of is azacitidine, a hypomethylating agent. In MDS, the expression of certain genes is modified by hypermethylation. Azacitidine reverses that process, which in turn resumes normal gene expression. Another example of MDS-directed therapy is lenalidomide, an immunomodulatory drug. It is generally used in MDS patients with 5Q deletion and has been shown to decrease transfusion dependence in 76% of patients. An international multicenter randomized controlled trial published in 2009 in the Lancet Oncology compared azacitidine and conventional care, which was one of three options determined by the clinician supportive care, low-dose cytarabine, or AML induction therapy. The study included 358 patients with high-risk MDS with a median follow-up of 21.1 months. The median survival was 24.5 months in the azacitidine group and 15 months in the conventional group with a hazard ratio of 0.58 and a confidence interval of 0.43 to 0.77. There was also decreased progression to AML and improved quality of life with azacitidine. This was a very exciting study that provided evidence for a treatment that alters the natural course of high-risk MDS in patients who are not eligible for a stem cell transplant. Alright, that's all for today. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Broken Factory. This episode was written by Dr. Eugene Berlovsky, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Martina Trinkhaus, hematologist, and Dr. Steve Schumach, general internist. This episode is recorded by Leah Karianopoulos and produced by Nathan Dubnik. The Internet Work series is created by Allison Lai and developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karianopoulos. Music production by Lakshmi Santhamoan. Don't forget to check out the associated infographic and resources at www.theinternetwork.com. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.